to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you have decided to spend some time with us today, and for that, we are incredibly, incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found over on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your great, great podcast. You can also find us over at localbarmedia.com, support us, patreon.com slash localbar, uh, follow us on Facebook, Local Bar Media, I believe. Same thing on Twitter, where I go to write on the world's bathroom stall every now and then. I'm uh, I'm I'm slowly backing myself off Twitter. I'm just, I'm almost done with it. Although I do, I I have noticed, I've noticed this influx of very uh, positive uh, messages from folks. Like people are just not talking about politics anymore. People have just given up. I think some some of us have at least a lot of the folks that I follow have just given up, and it's just like uh, I don't know. My kid's having a baby. I'm going to focus on that a little bit. I got I got a new project. I'm working on that. I want to promote that. I, it's just it's just this American politics is just such a show that it's. Uh, I think folks are just saying, I'm kind of done with this for now. Um, I uh. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I had a uh, discussion the other day. I got to do something kind of cool on Sunday. Uh, there's a there's a uh, there's a podcast out there. Mom, go ahead and cover your ears. There's a podcast out there called the uh, the Ass Forecast. That's right. It's A S S the number four and then C A S T. I follow them on Twitter. We we just it's kind of one of those podcaster things. Oh, you go follow me. I'll follow you and just kind of keep up, see what's going on, promote your stuff if I like it. Um, really funny folks. Very actually, I have to take that back. Extremely funny people. Uh, it's a it's a very good fun kind of. Uh, hey, I need I need something to take, I don't know take my mind off American politics. Uh, I, I want to listen to that show. Well, anyway, on Sunday the guy that that heads that up uh, basically was like, hey, we're gonna. I'll sit around and talk, and and I found myself. I thought I was, I thought I was going to listen to him produce the show. I I think they were doing it later on, but I got on to what was like about an hour and a half of uh, mostly other podcasters um, and um, a couple of other folks, and listening to uh, just we having kind of a roundtable discussion, playing a uh, a game of a good old fashioned game of Would You Rather. And it was kind of it was one of those moments that I found myself I'm out, I'm out in the studio. I, I tell my wife, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm going out. I think they're going to do this podcast now. I want to go out and listen to it. I may hop on it. I'm not I'm not quite sure what's going on with this." And I find myself in the middle of this discussion that is just wild, and I had an absolute blast. Uh, some of the other podcasts that were on there uh, that I can remember off the top of my hand, and I'm I'm sorry for this that I can't um, body count. Uh, it is a very interesting show. Uh, it's a, it's where they they talk about uh, some of the the mass murders in in the world. It's it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. That that one's worth to listen to if you haven't ever checked that one out. So Body Count is one podcast. The other one is um, that's what I said. And that, what was interesting about that, I talked to I believe it was Michael from that show, and uh, he and I are just sitting there talking, and uh, you know the guy that's leading leading the discussion says hey mike why don't you why don't you tell us about your podcast he's like yeah me and my uh best friend that lives long distance from me do this show come to find out the young lady lives right here in columbia south carolina how funny is that she wasn't on the show that day uh, i have not connected with her but that was that was really cool so if you get a chance ask forecast um uh, body count that's what i said oh gosh i wish i could remember the other ones that were on there um but this just off the top of my head, really cool people, great folks, and a, and a and a really neat opportunity to kind of sit and collaborate with 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 people. So uh, if any of them are listening, I want to say uh, I was uh, probably the most quiet in a discussion that I've ever been. 
Like the, the people that know me would have been surprised with how little I talked in, in that. Uh, but it went from very silly to an extremely um, poignant discussion on uh, acceptance, if you will. Uh, all the way back to the game of Would You Rather in, in a matter of like an hour and 20 minutes. It was it was fantastic, and it, it really um, it really sparked something in me that I, I kind of wanted to, to sit and talk with you all about today. Uh, no, no, no guests this week. I've got some really good ones lined up, uh, hopefully, within the next two weeks. Uh, the, <laughs> that, big, that big fish. Uh, the Moby Dick that I've been chasing now for three months. Hopefully, our schedule... Finally, finally gets together. Um, not to, to ruin the surprise for, for any of you that follow him and all the stuff that he does. His daughter just had a baby the other day when we were going to do the show. She has to go and make him a grandpa on the day we're actually going to record. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to put a couple of things off under the week, but glad to be back here with you. Um, and uh, I've got, got something kind of important to share with you. Um, thanks for all the emails that I've gotten. By the way, if you want to be a part of the show, chat at localbarmedia.com is where you can shoot those emails. Um, I, um, yeah, the, 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 all the emails I've gotten lately, I appreciate it. Life's, life's been throwing a bunch of lemons, but you know what you do when life throws you lemons. You turn right back around at life and you chunk them as hard as you can. And you say, screw you for throwing lemons at me. Um, if, if life throws you melons, you're dyslexic and you need to, um, maybe get some training on how to deal with that um things have been okay uh i i think could be better uh but i had a good conversation this morning with a good buddy of mine joe gross up in uh, new york joe is a is a really neat guy and uh kind of continuing on the collaboration uh that uh, theme that uh, i started with joe joe was a neat guy for me to talk to this morning I, i'm always reminded about how how positive you are really affects everything that's around you I've, I've got huge negative forces that are just against me lately just huge just over taking everything that i do and it's i don't want to sound too hippie or anything like that but you know the hippies do get it right on a couple of things not patchouli but you know there's, there's, there's quite a few other things that they do some of their music not all of it you know i'm fine with grateful dead cover bands i'm down with that not big on drum circles just just never been it's to me it's more, it's style over substance i just I, I don't know maybe it's just the drummer in me that's just never never loved that it's a cool communal thing to do i guess if this really is about collaboration i shouldn't rip on the hippies in their drum circles but you know th there is something about watching the 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 negative forces that are around you and man that's been, been pulling god every moment that i think i'm pulling myself back up i just more of it and it's uh, it's just it's so it's almost impossible to separate yourself from some of it so you can't you can't so you have to learn to deal with it to use it as motivation to to let some of it just fall off your shoulder i don't know there's just a lot that you have to do right whenever you're going through a, a tough time and when i talked to joe this morning I, I you know here's here's joe so joe eight months ago went out on his own joe gross if you work with him you're working with the right guy joe joe and i have both been in the medical industry for forever we were both we met each other in pharma sales years ago and um joe was always one of the top reps i was always trying to beat joe i could never do it i don't think i did i think i still have our rankings joe i may go back and look there may have been a month if there was, it was a very <laughs> – Joe must have been out on vacation all month or something. Um, but Joe was always a really positive guy. And here's Joe. Here's Joe who who, who got away from the medical world and, and, and went out on his own and got into another business and then has now um, transferred that, like I said, eight months ago into a, a new career. And he's been with this company now, and uh, it's eight months in, and things just are not flowing the way he thought they would eight months ago. Joe lives in New York. Joe lives in Manhattan. Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe's got bills to pay. Okay, like, Joe ain't living. If, if Joe, if Joe's not making money, he's not going out to the farm to get food. Okay, like he's got to, he's he's got he's got to bring it in. And it was funny, I, I was talking to him today because I'm looking for connections and trying to find what it is that I'm going to do for a career here now, uh, since the professional podcast thing is not quite where it needs to be just yet. Um, I was amazed 
Like, like here I am, and I have been in this state of flux now for a little while, but so is Joe. Now, admittedly, Joe's got something a little bit more stable in front of him, but it's not that Joe hasn't hasn't really been struggling. It's not that something hasn't been there hovered over Joe. It's not like the negative forces haven't been surrounding my man Joe. No, they're, they're there, and they're prominent. And here he is talking on the phone in the most excited and upbeat way of how things just aren't going exactly as he planned yet. <laughs> it's not like... I, well, I feel bad com- complaining to you, Joe. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we give this a couple of weeks <laughs> and see. But it's 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 important what Joe did, and I and I don't I, I'm not I'm not trying to say just for work, but for anything. You see, there's there's an aspect to what Joe does that I want to talk to you about. More on that in a few minutes, Uh, but right now, I've got a a story that I want to share with you, and so uh, let's jump into that, and then uh, a little bit more on my man Joe here in just a few. Well, I walked into the jungle when I was just a boy, when I returned I was a man, I embraced the darkness surrounding me, learned how to fight and take a stand. Well, I knew it was over when I looked into your eyes And I got a vacant stare in return You reek of desperation, fleeing down the alley Just another witch waiting to be burned Whoa, there's nothing going on Whoa, just another goodbye song Whoa, that battle rages on in my heart and in my head well, I walked into the jungle when I was just a boy When I returned, I was a man Got some people asking lately when Don Mark on the Blacksmiths are going to be playing. Uh, we are set to go March 2nd at the um, Mardi Gras Festival at City Roots, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. A lot, of, a lot of good bands playing. My other band, Duncan Sims and The Accused, will be playing there as well. Um, but some good bands playing at that gig this year. And uh, that's a fun, fun, fun festival. If you've never been to it and you're in the Columbia area on March 2nd, you need to go. Uh, also, March 9th, the uh, St. Patrick's Day block party. The weekend before St. Patrick's Day, Park Circle in Charleston, South Carolina. That is a wonderful festival. We, we had one of our best shows uh, there last year had a really good time that is a uh, that's a fun event so if you're in the area check them out you can check us out on facebook don merkel and the blacksmiths and um thanks to those of you who uh shoot messages every now and then wondering about the band we really really appreciate that appreciate jay a few weeks ago giving a shout out uh, to the band so uh, thank you guys for that when I was a kid um i've said before i grew up uh, a methodist preacher's kids and you got to understand back in the day they don't do it so much anymore, but for the the Methodist Conference in South Carolina, uh, they would move preachers around like every four years. And, and the reason they did that, it wasn't because they had like a bunch of preachers on the run or something. It was um, it was a way to keep ideas fresh. You know, a lot of people. It's it's real easy to crap on religion these days. It's the first thing you do. Like people, yeah. Like again, on the world's bathroom stall, uh, Twitter. Like you always see people all the time. It's like, oh, the first people to chastise people are you could label themselves Christians. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that. I, I agree. I, I see that a lot too. You know who else does it? Uh, anybody else? Just jerks. They're jerks everywhere. They're jerks in every facet of like. I, I, I hate to tell you, but the atheists, there are jerks among you as well. It's just It just happens. But I can understand that because these are also the pre- people that go out there preaching all the time that you should uh, treat people better. So I can understand that idea. So it's it's weird being a uh, uh, faith-based guy, if you will. I guess I can call myself that, faith-based guy. That's, that's, about, that's about as close as I get to it. Um, but I did. I've always liked the Methodist Church, and it's not just because I was brought up in it. Now, those of you who don't know, the Methodist Church, actually, the Methodist Church of South Carolina, was the first church to uh, have uh, um, people that were different races actually serving in church together. 
worshiping in church together. And it's uh, there's always a there's always a thing. There's this thing that that John Wesley, I mean, founder of Methodism, had. Um, it's called the Wesleyan quadrilateral, and it's basically you take a, a four sided object, also known as a square. And uh, there, there are four important sides. One of them is tradition. The other one is, um, I don't know. I didn't study this crap. I should probably look it up. But but one of it is, is like accepting new ideas as well. Which is why, for those of you who have ever written in, wondering how do I see myself as a Methodist but uh, have beef with them over the uh, their, their, their stance on gay marriage, that's why. Because I believe they, they are forgetting that whole thing about uh, embracing new ideas. But anyway. I digress. Part of keeping the ideas fresh is they would move preachers around so that one church didn't just get this one person for their entire life. And uh, I like the idea. It was it, it was an interesting way to grow up. I liked growing up the way that I did, even though there was it was very difficult to move from time to time. But whenever you moved into a different uh, city, there would always be there'd always be all this excitement. It always happened in June, uh, so that kids didn't have to move during the school year. And uh, every June fifteenth was moving day. It may still be. They don't really do this as much anymore now. Um, so the people that are preachers in the Methodist Conference in South Carolina now have it easy. If you ever hear your preacher complain, and you go to a Methodist church in South Carolina, you you send me their name. I'll give them a call. <laughs> but. Uh, there would there would be this thing there'd be this excitement when the when the preacher came to town, and the new preacher, and being the preacher's son was nice too, because the 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 girls in a new city always liked the new boy for about five minutes, and then they found out he was a jerk and uh, didn't care about him anymore. But um, it was it was kind of an exciting thing whenever you go to a new town, meet new friends, uh, meet new folks, kind of starting over again, kind of get this little fresh start. And some people, that sounds terrifying, but uh, only you're looking at it only through your kid's eyes. Think about it as you do nowadays whenever you start something new. It's kind of fun. It's kind of unique. And so I, I grew up uh, looking forward to that uh, as a kid. Not not too much. I, I really hated to leave behind uh, the folks that I did. But there, there, was a, there was an aspect of that that I really enjoyed. One of the things, though, that would, would happen a lot back then in the 80s and 90s is there there would always be this like um uh, preacher exchange program i guess to kind of welcome the new preacher or to kind of build up some excitement over it and i'll never forget this day there's a lot about the story i'm about to share to you that has um a direct effect on my life the easiest way I can relate it is um, the work that I've done in, in music. You know, there's the, the the idea of being a, mu- a musician these days, uh, playing with bands, just just that that whole um, appreciation for music. It, the, the story has a big part of it. Uh, uh, there's something with, to do with faith. There's a, there's a lot about the story, but there's one aspect of the story I want to focus on today. We uh, we had this African American church. <laughs> in Florence, South Carolina, that we were going to do this little preacher exchange. And their preacher came to our church first. Uh, got up. You know, we had our regular um, yeah, hour-long service. Preacher got up, started uh, preaching, uh, preached about a 10, 15-minute sermon. And he was brilliant. He was fantastic. Had the audience captivated. But you could tell he, he his theology was very well-learned. He... he he had some some interesting ideas. Brought in different um, different authors that have written um, uh, conflicting ideas on a certain subject. It was great. It was, I I remember his sermon to this day, and I was very young. I mean, you're talking. I was like ten, eleven, and I, I remember what he spoke about. It was, it was it was just groundbreaking for me. And I uh, had a good time with him. He came, and he and his family had lunch with us afterwards. Um, we had a little thing at the church. It was really cool. And he um, he was just a really nice guy, and I, I really enjoyed being able to to, to, to chat with him and, and talk with him. And then it was, uh, well, we'll see you guys next weekend at our church. So the next weekend, we go to this church. Now, for those of you that don't live in South Carolina, Florence, South Carolina is about as big as it sounds. It's it's not a large city. It's not a small rinky-dink town, but, but there's not a lot there. There are four or five high schools there. I mean, you're not talking huge by any means, but for a South Carolina town, it's not a village, if you will. Um, there, um, 
There's a college there. I mean, it's it's there's stuff. There's stuff there. There's stuff in the city. And uh, this church though was on the outskirts of town. Now, I'm talking like dusty dirt road to get to. And we pull in, and it's July, and it's the end of July. If you know anything about South Carolina, end of July, beginning of August. When we talk about heat and humidity, that that is that is the worst point right then. Uh, the storms are just starting to brew up off the coast. You're getting all this weird humidity. The hurricanes haven't hit yet. There's no wind. It is stagnant, and it is hot. I mean, walking through galls when you walk outside because the humidity is so thick. Like People like laugh. They're like, what, what the hell is 95% humidity? South Carolina? That, that, that's what it is. It's sunny and there's no rain in the in the air and you feel like you're breathing in rain when you walk. That's what it is. So we go out to this church and their air conditioning system was f- phenomenal. It's, it's this really cool thing. Some of you may have grown up with this. My grandparents had the same air conditioning system at their church. It was um, uh, basically a popsicle stick, like a large popsicle stick with a uh, piece of paper uh, with a with a scene on one side and a Bible verse on the other stapled to said popsicle stick. And if everybody in the church got to waving at the right speed and uh, rhythm, man, you, you could get a, a slight breeze going through the church, you know. So you have all these people in there fanning. This, you know, so I walk in and we walk into the to the you know, through the first little through the front door. Somebody hands me a bulletin and uh, a, a fan. And I loved it. My fan had a picture of uh, of uh, uh, African-American Jesus on it and uh, uh, Bible verse. Oh, my gosh. I forgot what the Bible verse was. I, I used to remember, but it was something kind of ironic to the day. I can't remember now. But I remember having the uh, the bulletin and that fan because I was using both of them to fan my face. It was it was something else. We get in. We were 10 minutes early to church and we were sitting in the back. <laughs> people have been people had been there all day and for those of you wondering yes we were the only white people in that church we were the only white people for miles okay so this is black church black community south carolina they get in there the preacher does walks up to the pulpit announces the beginning of service and it takes off. I, I, I'm going to tell you, any any comedian you've ever heard talking about an African-American church on Sunday and the stereotype jokes that they tell, they they are not overselling it. As a matter of fact, they may be underdoing it. Any movie you've seen about an African-American church in the South does not do it justice what you see in an African-American church on a hot day in July, at least back in the 1990s. It was nuts and i'm going to tell you i loved every bit of it it was it was uh yeah people were jumping up singing but the people in the congregation were almost wanting to outdo the people in the choir when it came to singing if you were a music fan it was the place to be i swear i heard people that would have given aretha franklin a run for her money in that church i i I heard some really good voices back then the music was great a wide variety of music and uh the preacher started preaching and it wasn't some 10 or 15 minute sermon oh no my man went on but it was crazy because church started at 10 30 so i thought well this is gonna be great we're starting at 10.30. We'll get out at 11.30. I'll be home. That's, I'll see the Cowboys game. It won't be any problem. 11.30 rolled by. <laughs> 12. 12.15. 12.20. We finally hit about 12.30 and uh, church wound down. But I was like, I was amped up. Like I was, I was good to go. I was loving it. And uh, I loved his sermon again. You know, like I, but Dad had gotten up to speak. Dad did a great job. He did, just preached and just one hell of a sermon. And Dad didn't like oversell. Dad wanted to get up there and like <laughs> suddenly changing his demeanor. For those of you that know my dad, I know some of uh, my dad's uh, congregation folk. Listen, to this is not like Dad got up there and all of a sudden was like, uh, and God duh, said, uh, I mean, he didn't. And he helped Gilligan get off the island. No, he didn't. He didn't do any of that stuff. If loving the Lord is wrong, I don't want to be right. 
no, no, that wasn't Dab. But he did. He 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 had those people captivated. He had the members of that congregation just wrapped around his finger. Did a great job. Great job. So we go to the back and we go to eat, and they had they had converted like um, the the church office, and I want to say like a like a Sunday school room or something like that, into a, a big big huge big round table. And my family, the preacher's family, the associate pastor's family, the choir director's family, there's like there's like 20 of us around this one big, huge table. Like, there's no reason to have anything in the middle because you couldn't reach it if you had to. And, um, you know, we got the buffet line. Everybody else was in a buffet line. They sat us down and brought us plates. Like, I was halfway through my plate. This lady brought me another one that was full. I thought she was going to take away my first one. She's like, no, just when you're finished. I was like, what in the world? And then standing around us, because remember, the air conditioning system is the same back in the church office as it is in the sanctuary. Um, because we didn't have our our um, popsicle sticks with the uh, African-American Jesus on it, we... Uh, <laughs> They actually had these ladies that must have been 70 years old standing around the table, I I kid you not, with palm branches fanning us. It It was enough in racially charged South Carolina in the 1990s to feel a little weird about that. But I appreciated also the the fact that they wanted to go all out and welcome them as their guests. It was amazing 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 experience i mean it was the best thing for me to be able to do at a young age um to see that difference and see difference in how we worship i still bring this up whenever i talk to my friends that are that are that are religious folks about um how we we really nitpick how we worship and a lot of times what we should do is be a little bit more open uh and i bring up the story all the time but there was a moment um that came a little bit later that that stemmed out of something that happened I'm sitting there, and I, I I decided to sit next to the 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 pastor of this church. I'm sitting to his left; he's, he's to my right, and we're sitting there talking, and we're talking to everybody around us. And he finally turns to me, and he's like, "So, Chad, your father tells me that you are a musician." I was like, "Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, what do you play? I play the piano. Oh, would you would you like to play at a church? <laughs> no, sir. I, I'm not ready for this yet." But uh, I'm going to go home and work. I will tell you, the way you play hymns is more like my rock and roll self likes rather than the, you know, in the Methodist church, they play nothing but quarter notes and whole notes. I, I, I would I would love I would love to come and, and, and check out your church, maybe play one of these days. So we sat there and we just kind of laughed and joked about everything. He's He was, you know, very aware of the situation. I mean, he had been at my church. He's like, yeah, yeah, our, our service is a little bit different. I hope your parents warned you of that. I'm like, my parents had no clue. Look at them. Look how wide their eyes are. They got no idea. But at all, I'm making jokes. We were all, you know, all good and everything like that. But the preacher said something to me next that um, shook my soul, grabbed me, deep inside my my heart and awakened me to something that um that I've never forgotten. We we're sitting there in that oven of a room eating some of the best food you've ever eaten. Sitting there almost not emotionally exhausted but drained from the event that had just happened and as this this sense of relaxation was pouring over everyone as i would think uh it happens to a professional football player after winning the big game and sitting in the locker room catching your breath and letting your your body kind of catch up to what you've been pushing it through it, it felt a little like that uh he turned to me and i remember him looking down towards me he said, you, you do love music, don't you? Yes, yes, sir, I do. And I remember this day as if it was yesterday, the sun coming through the window, the little drop of sweat on his forehead coming down just a little bit, and the way that he turned and looked right at me and said, well, Chad, if, if you love music, you're really going to absolutely love the second half of this service. Excuse me, half. We're we're at halftime. This is this is half. Th- There's a whole another thing to go. Are you 
kidding me? I forget this food. I'm going to need a couple of power aids, a can of corn, and something like I, I need. I need. A, I, I'm going to need some an ice pack to put in my pants. It's way too hot to go back into that church and do this all over again. But oh my God, we did. We went back. And, and by the way, you go back and sit in your seat you got the first time. I, I caught that. You better go back to the seat you originally had because if you try to slide up front, somebody's going to let you know about it. You better slide back to the back. And I get in there, and they start this whole service all over again, and it is, it is. I mean, if the music wasn't big enough before, it was huge the second time around. But I remember the moment. Uh, I remember the moment like it was yesterday, and it's something that has always stayed with me. There was a, there was a young lady um, – who, as the the preacher got up to introduce her, she she couldn't have been any older than me. At least I don't think so. Her body was very frail. Um, her neck uh, was very thin. The dress that she had on was very beautiful. It was a light blue. I remember watching uh, her slowly go down the side aisle far away from me over by the windows. And it took her a while because she had uh, her crutches to help her get up and these weren't temporary crutches these are the ones that are attached to you for life and she was moving and the preacher was introducing her and you could tell he was buying a little bit of time because of how slow that she moved when she got to the front I took a better look at her and maybe maybe she was older than me I, I wasn't sure but because of how emaciated she looked with whatever she was battling it made her her features seem a little bit more childish but she opened her mouth and sang, and it was anything. It was, it was anything but a child's voice. It was a soulful, powerful woman's voice. It was amazing. She, she started to sing, and it wasn't, it wasn't anything elaborate. She wasn't going crazy. The the piano that was playing with her was even simpler than what she was singing. And I sat there and I listened to that young lady sing that song, probably the first song that most of us listening to this ever learned how to sing. And it blew me away. There was, there was power. That was apparent. It was definitely apparent in her in her delivery. But there was there was an emotion that was emitted through the way that she sang. There was a knowledge and understanding of the moment. Even if we didn't know exactly what was going on with her, we were all very aware that her being up there singing made a statement in and of itself. And she didn't cry. No, as she sang, it was the brightest smile I think I've still ever seen to this day. It's beautiful. I still, I, I have, I only have a couple of things I actually have reoccurring dreams about. There's, there's actually four. And that moment is one of them. I haven't had that dream in a long time, but I do. I'll remember that moment in a dream. And it was amazing. It was powerful to hear that little tiny frail body push forth a beautiful rich sound especially as she sang those words little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong it's captivating the amount of faith that that young girl had the positivity that she used to to stretch into each day. The smile never left her face, even as she walked back with her crutches and the immense pain that obviously had to be in her body. The smile never faded. It never stopped. It was beautiful. Like I said, there's a lot about that story that I I pull from depending on what the subject is. But the one I probably talk about the least is something I want to tell you today. 
I'm I made I made a clear cut decision in my life that day that I would always strive to be as positive as I could. That being negative and having a negative focus would do nothing but hold me back. And maybe some people see it as ridiculous naivety to what's going on around me in the environment and and how that environment is affecting me. But I, I refuse to be any different. And oh my God, over the past year, I've 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 had that challenged more than anything else. It's amazing how that little girl got up there and. And did that. Who knows what her life like is like anywhere else. But you can see it on her face that that wasn't fake. And it wasn't for show. That's how she lived. It really did move. It moved something inside of me. I, I, I had been very negative for a while. It was because of that move. But I decided to look at moves from then on. With that same, that same kind of excitement. It, it really changed me. That moment really did. And I, I realized that, that it's good in the moment, but it's better at night. And then the next day when you wake up, to not have to shake all that stuff off. I have friends that go through hard times, and, and I'm kind of known for making jokes when they're kind of inappropriate, it, it they're not unplanned. I'm not that spon, spon, spon professional podcaster again. I'm not that spontaneous. I'm really not. I I plan on making jokes every now and then simply because I want there to be at least a little humor in the situation. Why? Not because it's not dire, not because it's not real, not because it's not going to happen, not because something terrible could be around any other corner. It's just because Sometimes you just got to take stuff on with a smile. All right, I'm going to say it. Sometimes you have to take stuff on with a smile because you never know when the day is going to stop. I had the news the other day. My friend Mark Snipes died. I hadn't seen Mark in a long time. Hell, I don't know that I saw him. Um, ever after I, I moved that move, as a matter of fact, we were in elementary school together. He lived on what was called the back street in, um, Hampshire Hills and Traveler's Rest. Mark and I didn't really get to know each other probably till about third grade. I go hang out at his house. His brother, Chris was really into video games. Uh, we'd. We'd play video games. Like, I, if I spent the night at their house, me and Chris, Mark would fall asleep. Me and Chris would be playing video games till dawn. Um, we became friends over Facebook, but didn't really talk that much. Mark was actually quite quiet. And then the other day, I saw that Chris uh, put up on his page that Mark had died. He had had some uh, disease that he had battled was for some reason having to have emergency surgery because of it, and his heart gave out. He's 41. 41. The picture that Chris put up was probably the biggest smile I'd ever seen on Mark's face. You know... How many times have we talked about on this show and you've heard other people come on and talk about life not being fair and you have to be positive? But that's not that easy, is it? Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes it's the last thing that we want to be, whether it's us or somebody else that it's happening to. Being positive is something that we just don't want to do. Putting a smile on your face is the last thing we want to have happen. Oh, there's 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 uh, anecdotal evidence that the contrary is the way to go. I just saw today 
that there's a lady, the oldest living lady, who said that she never enjoyed a damn day in her life, just died at 129. How did she do it? I don't know. Maybe God was trying to keep her around to see if he could get at least one day in on this lady. I have no idea. But life, life is, while it may not be fair, I will tell you this, it is short. And it's always going to be tough. Life doesn't get easy. You just get tougher. And maybe maybe that's not by wearing a scowl on your face. Maybe it's not by being weathered. Oh, there are, there are lines all over my face that tell you the story of, of who I am. But I, I think that I think that it's the smile you wear shows how tough you are. That's one of the toughest little ladies I've ever seen in my entire life singing in that church that day. Hell, it was tough to sing in that church with as hot as it was. And let me tell you, not a single soul breathed while she sang. I sometimes wonder if, if we understand the importance of what that smile does. It it shows the face of bravery as it did on that young girl that day. It it shows a sense of happiness that at least one good day has come. As it showed on Mark's face that he that he took with his brother that his brother put up the other day on his Facebook page and gave a sense of peace to the people that that Mark left behind. My dad, when he gave the eulogy at my grandmother, his mother's funeral, he told the story of the day and the moment she passed. She was laying in the bed in the hospital. My mom, my dad, Wiley and Dee there. I believe my Uncle Whit was there too. There's a few of them in there. And the moment she passed, she smiled. And they all say it wasn't some small hint of it. It was so apparent that everybody, including the nurse, said something about it. My dad, my dad, at her, uh, during her eulogy, which is one of the greatest things I've ever seen my dad do, he hypothesized of what that could have been from. Could it? have been her seeing Jesus for the first time? Could it have been her seeing my cousin Carl, whose brother Wesley did the show a, a year or two ago, who had passed away when he was in his early 20s? My dad said, could it have been Papa, my grandfather? I, I don't know that, that Grandma would have smiled that big if she had seen Papa, but, but, but maybe, maybe, maybe she did. I'm just kidding, Papa. But the other thing that I know that it did, and I know how smart my grandmother was. My grandmother was very, very smart. And I don't put it past her. I do not put it past her for a second of her wanting to make sure that everybody was okay. I don't put it past her being sentient to, to what was around her. She could have smiled to let them know that it's going to be okay. A smile is a sign inward and outward is a reminder to yourself that you're okay. It is a reminder to others that they're okay, that you're going to be okay, and that you're tougher and braver than anybody thinks that you are. It's funny. We don't think of smiles that way. Look at pictures of my band. None of us smile. Not a damn one of us smiles. It may not be cool to smile all the time, but it's necessary. It's more important than you think. Not not just for the people around you, but for yourself as well. Sitting on the outside, had a lot of time to think. Think about all the things that went wrong. The heartaches and bad breaks and disappointing answers. All the stuff that makes for good songs. Well, love is like a dagger that is hanging over head. If she's a mystery, I'll be damned if I can solve her. Well... You tried your luck, living by the sword. Now you're bound for the rope and the revolver. Whoa, 
there's nothing going on Oh, just another goodbye song Oh, that battle rages on in my heart and in my head Well, I walked into the jungle when I was just a boy When I returned, I was a man Uh, again, that's uh, March 2nd. If you want to come see Don Merkel, the Blacksmiths, or Duncan Sims and the Accused, or both, and everybody else that's going to be there, City Roots, Columbia, South Carolina, it's a place to, to go and, and check it out. So I was talking earlier about Joe Gross. And Joe Gross, I got to sit and chat with him the other day. Uh, very productive phone call. Good to, good to catch up with him just for a few moments. He's a very, very busy guy. Um, but I love Joe because every time you talk to him, he's always positive. Like you could just, you know, there's a smile on his face, even if he's worried about something. Um, and Joe is not a guy that doesn't have hardships. He's not a guy that hasn't been through a lot. He's not a guy that doesn't get like bent out of shape about stuff. Oh man, you should see his Facebook page. (laughs) Something happens in politics, man, Joe is all over it. But, but there's something that's always optimistic. There's always something that's, that's around anything that he's saying that makes you want to keep going back to him. I mean, Joe obviously knows his stuff. He's a very smart guy, a very successful guy, great salesperson. Oh my gosh. Wonderful salesperson understands that, that business very well, but he's a good friend. He's a good dude. And it's because he is very inviting that makes you want to keep coming around him. I think that's the last part of all of it that, um, you know, lately I have uh, tried to pull myself out of this funk and I've had a hard time doing it. I, I've had a hard time pulling myself out of this uh, segment that I've been into my life. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't I talk about it a good bit on the show and I've harkened back on it uh, a good bit on the past few episodes and I'm trying to move forward. But I I'm I'm about to write a book <laughs> over the past like year and a half. Not because I won't pity, but it's just like, oh my gosh, every time you try to make a step, something, the dirt just kind of falls away and you catch yourself and to keep from falling back into the, the crevice any further. Um, but one of the things, though, that I was, after I got off the phone with Joe, I sat and thought about for a little bit. Um, one of the things that I have found myself, and I, I, I want to I caution any of you listeners that know me when I say this. I'm, if you're a good friend of mine, I'm not necessarily talking about you, okay? <laughs> just just don't take this the wrong way. But one of the things that I found is I don't have the people around me that I used to have anymore. I, I don't have the friends around me that I've had before. I've done a good bit of this by myself. I've, I've gone through a good bit of this with my wife. But I, I haven't had um, the, the circle around me that I've had before because, quite frankly, my life is, my life has changed. And I can tell now that it's missing a part, but one of the reasons why I think it, that part is missing is not that I haven't come into contact with good people. I don't think that I've had that outward appearance to accept someone good coming towards me. Like, I can go to Joe for anything, and Joe could come to me for anything, and I will make time for Joe. Why? Well, because Joe's a good guy, and he's done stuff for me before. It's not because I owe him, though. I just feel compelled to, to to work with Joe. The other thing is, though, Joe has that sense that he is ready for something good to happen to him. In a lot of ways, it has to do with the the positive outward appearance that he has. And so I feel like if I tell him something, I'm not going to have to beat it into his head. I can tell it to him, and he'll be like, you know what? I'm going to give this shot. I'm going to give this shot. I, I I know I can make this happen. And there's something about that. There's something about people that are ready to accept that um, that message from us. You don't want to go talk to a negative Nancy all the time. You get tired of it. It wears you out. They're always looking for a way to say no instead of just taking your advice and saying, well, let me think about it and see what I can do with it. And that and that wears you out. And what does it do? It probably keeps you from being around those people. So the converse of that has to be true. If I'm not presenting that as well, why in the heck am I sitting around wondering where my friends have gone? It's kind, it's kind of a long way around it. Kind of, a, you know, go around your butt to get to your elbow to say that. But I'm going to tell you, I, I think that's been a key part. Like days that I have felt the lonely, loneliest, the days that I've wondered where the people are that have helped me out before, 
the days that I sit and wonder, like, can I just get someone who will sit and have a beer that just wants to make sure that I'm okay? Honestly, I've I've had a little bit of that. It's not like a, and it's not like that hasn't been appreciated. But what I'm what I'm finding out is that if I've wanted that more, I probably haven't sent a message of acceptance on on how how to do that. I I can't think of a better way to explain it. There's there's one person I have in my life that anyone will tell you is probably the kindest person you've ever met who is um the eternal optimist who has a, a smile that lights up a room and, it, and is a positive personality that you want to constantly talk to her no matter what it is and and it's it's rare she's a very rare find like that as a matter of fact she's the only person i've ever met in my entire life that is that way and we've had um we've had a friendship uh, that's gone back for eight years now, and I wanted to uh, invite her in just for a quick second to explain something to the group. Hey, how you doing over there? Good. Uh, well, yes, if you uh, recognize that voice, I am talking about my daughter, Bryn, the, the guest who has been on the show more often than anybody else. Brittany, I need to ask you something real quick before you end the show. Why are you so happy all the time? Because I always think of something good. Why? Um, let, me, let me ask you a question. Do, do you ever get sad? I can sometimes. Yeah, what makes you sad? When, like, I hear, like, when I get hurt or when I hear one of my friends are hurt. Yeah, that, that kind of bothers you, doesn't it? But but you're you're usually a pretty happy person, aren't you? Yeah. Why, why do you want to be a happy person? So I can have friends because if I was not positive, then no one would want to be my friend. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. Do you have friends around you that are positive, too? Yes. So what kind of things do you do to show people that you're positive? Like when someone does get hurt, I can't help them. And if someone's lonely, I'll play with them or I'll make someone feel happy if they're sad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, can I ask you to do one favor for me? We haven't rehearsed this, so I'm just curious if you'll do something for me. (laughs) You've got a song that you're going to sing in the talent show with some friends. Will you sing a little bit of it? Just don't say what it is. Just sing a little bit of it for me. Hey, Hoberman. Hey, Dapper Dan. You both got your styles, but brother, you're never fully dressed without a smile. Your clothes may be all bummily. They stand out of miles, but brother, you're never fully dressed without a smile. Who cares what they're wearing? On Main Street or Savile Road Is what you wear from ear to ear And not from head to toe That matters So Senator, so Janitor So long for a while Remember you're never fully dressed Though you may wear your best You're never fully dressed Without a smile thanks for stopping by the bar we've picked up your tab but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show any support is greatly appreciated if you'd like to drop us a line send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com thanks for coming in see you next week Yes, we will see you again next week. Hopefully back on our regular schedule. want to say thanks to all of you who have sent messages in. Thanks to everybody who has uh, been worried about us. We are doing good here. Glad to be back. Next week, we'll see you again. Take care. Bye. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.